What's up, everybody? I'm Imran Khan. I'm your host of Kind of Funny Games Daily. And joining me today, I am privileged and honored to have Surio Vasquez here. Hello. Woo. That's Sur- the most applause I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> Hopefully that's only a start. Uh, Surreal, uh, if you do not know, is one of the, I guess, Game Informer 7 is what we're calling it? G.I. I mean, 7. 7. Depends on who you mean by who and we, but yeah. I mean, that's the that's name I've decided to adopt. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Surreal was a former associate editor at Game Informer. He was our fighting games expert. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay. so Greg invited uh, two G.I. people over this week, so... For my first hosting duty, to help me take the heat off me, Surreal and JV have decided to join. JV, by the way, is over here on the shock mic, so he's off camera. Hi, everyone. Which we've quickly discovered is not actually a joke. The shock mic is a real thing that shocks. Yeah, the shock isn't because it's, like, surprising or anything. It's, yeah, no. It's, it's literally... It's not a fun word. It's just... It's a, dangerous. Yeah, don't touch it and meddle at the same time, mm-hmm. apparently. Some uh, people like it. Some people like it. Yeah, if that's your thing, I'm not judging. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can say that about anything, though. Like, feels, some people like it. Yeah. It feels pretty good. Live your okay. bliss. That's what I read online. Yeah. yeah. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch t- twitch.tv Kind of Funny Games. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on the podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze mem- members or above get to write into silver members or get the show ad-free. Surreal, I'm actually very quite, I'm really glad you're here. I'm not kidding when I say you were here to help take the heat off me. This is mm-hmm. actually my first hosting gig. I probably fucked up so much of that. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. The, the thing, yeah, the thing no. about Podcast Rumor is that as long as, like, you're not, you don't break the actual, like, recording equipment... There's really no way you can totally mess up on a podcast unless, you know, you say something really terrible, but like it's fine. People yeah. people forgive a lot. You say that, audio. but like we're going now that you've said that, we're going to break something and we're going to say we're going to have a heated gamer moment, I'm sure. That's true. I mean, yeah. we are covering one, so. Yes. Uh today's stories include we're covering the Nintendo Direct today. We are covering the uh, Akumi Nakamura leaving Bethesda. We're also covering a heated gamer moment as Surreal just said. But before we start, there was a segment on the GI show mm-hmm. that you pioneered, you revolutionized. I mentioned once, yeah. Yeah. You have to help me with the name because it is a- I don't, I don't know the name off the top of my head because I, I didn't sh- make it up. I should have asked Ben Hansen to tell me the name. <laughs> I asked him well, permission. We, it's, it's on a different show, so we're going to have to rebrand it now. Okay. So on the GI show, you would, as an expert in Serial, mm-hmm. since your name is Serial, and that's, that, that qualifies that's how that you as an expert, yeah. you would- <laughs> You would try various gaming cereals. Mm-hmm. Various. We, we did we did that segment twice. To be okay. Fair. It was the Mario cereal, and what was the other one? It was the we did the Cuphead cereal. I think. Oh yeah, and yeah. Then one other one. I, I think it was the Pac Man one. Yeah, the Pac Man one. Uh, there were plans for the Lucios mm-hmm. that we we got derailed. I guess. Yeah. But you're not working there anymore. Yeah. I like the idea that there's this like, oh, we can't do the Lucio's ones. It was just like the setup required. And then like they did it on this week's show. They just had someone eat that cereal. It's not, it's not a big thing to set up, by the way. So I figured that since that was such a big part of your life, that cereal segment. I I thought about cereal constantly while I was at the show. How can I better monetize our cereal related content? I went to Safeway last night to buy Lucio's Mm -hmm. specifically for this segment. Wait, what's a Safeway? Safeway is the, I don't know if it's a local grocery chain, it's, I've never seen it until it came to California. It's all over California, though. I 
Okay. It's all over California. It's, it's like a Cub Foods. It's like a no frills, cup right? It's foods. Cub Foods? I've lived that's, no that, that, that's, the, that's, that's the thing we have in Minnesota and Nebraska, respectively, is like similar <laughs> grocery stores. Huh. I'm just I'm just yanking your chain about local grocery stores. I saw one on the way here. I know what a safe way okay, is. Good. This was a bit. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> this, I got I got, got, I got, got. Okay. Speaking of bits and speaking of no frills, I couldn't actually find Lucio's. Turns out, not a reason that sort of carries them. Hmm. So, what I did is I got something vaguely gaming related because I think this thing <laughs> looks like Spyro. <laughs> right? Yeah, I can see it. It's the same species. Yeah, it's a dragon. If you just, I wanted to like paste the word Spyro on top, but I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's video game related in that it is a special edition called Signature Select Very Crackles. This is like, this is the special edition. You get all the pre order bonuses, it has the season pass. So if you're in the grocery, if you're at the Safeway and you're looking for berry crackles, definitely get the signature select edition. Right. So I bought spoons and bowls. One mm-hmm. of those bowls has a hair on it, so we're not going to use it. You expense those, right? No. Okay. I don't have a job. <laughs> All, right. All right. Did you give us the receipt? Sure. I will absolutely do that then. Uh, brought all that stuff. I there's a on my phone. It says. Because I in my Google search on Safari, it says, "What's the difference between buttermilk and regular milk?" There's a huge difference. Why did you get buttermilk? Because I wanted something small so I could carry it. Also, I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't use any of this afterwards. <laughs> I don't know how any of this milk stuff works. So I gave you the option of drinking this apparently sour milk. By the way, I didn't care. How what do you I know? Okay, you. so it's like straight up expired. No, it's no, not no, expired. No. It's just it's, just it's a more milk. sour milk. Oh, then yeah, that's fine. I'll yeah, drink that. Go for I just it. thought it was like sour to me usually means expired. No, no, no. This is not going to kill you. Okay. Well, we'll we'll we're experimenting with the brand here yeah. on this segment. Plus, we're expensing it, so I don't care if you use it or not. Like, yeah. my health is really irrelevant at this point. <laughs> do you use cereal first weird? or milk first? Oh, cereal first. Okay. How do you know how much milk to put in it if you haven't put poured the cereal in? Some there? people are psychos. Yeah, that's that's really the way to describe the other side of this argument. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's okay. about it. So we're going to say this is Spyro branded cereal. But it's not. Just it's not. It's no. not. So Sony don't it's come after us. Distinct. <laughs> legally distinct from Spyro. Okay. Spyro cereal would actually be pretty good. So you call it Spyro's. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, ah. Yeah. Okay. Do we want the crunch on the mic? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Don't get any milk on there, though. <laughs> is it good crunch? Okay. So the cereal is basically like Captain Crunch with berries. Okay. That's not really what I want to talk about. <laughs> I, I was not prepared for how sour that milk was going to be. Like I, the, the, the sour milk just completely overwhelmed the entire cereal at that point, And I just, that was wild. I don't know what, I don't know what to do about that flavor. Um, okay. So we're wow, taking, that sucks ass. Yeah. Whoa. So I feel like this, whatever scientific <laughs> metrics you have about like, oh yeah, we have to evaluate this based on a, like a, a, an objective scale. Just went out the window when you <laughs> introduced this one variable. Oh, I shit. don't recommend using buttermilk with cereal. Yeah, no. Um, That's awful. Yeah, but the cereal is just like what you expect. It's like off-brand Captain Crunch with berries in it. It's not, <laughs> it's fine. So we ruined cereal and milk. Just for ourselves, forever. Yeah, for for content. You I'm know. glad I'm I've become lactose intolerant because I could not drink <laughs> milk after that. Uh, yeah, milk is great, but I, yeah, it's that's not good milk. All right, well that's that's sitting there for the for now eternity. Yeah. When that I'm gonna, I think know. I'm gonna leave that in the fridge and just when Greg comes back, just I'll just put the word Greg on there and let's see what happens. Yeah. All right, so let's do a little bit of housekeeping now that we've done this awful awful thing. 
Uh, it's Thursday. That means there's a new party mode on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. This week, Chloe Dextra and Cameron Cuff join the boys and get super irritated in the game of Ultimate Chicken Horse. <laughs> Do you, that was the game at the, uh, the interwebsite tournament yeah. that no one knew how to play for some reason, even though it's amazing. So good. Speaking of games that no one has played, Friday night, Greg and Fran are hosting the Borderlands 3 launch party from Dallas. Watch with the best friends on Twitch.tv slash KindOfFunnyGames at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Thank you to our Patreon producers this week at Re Retro Games, Blackjack, Blackjack, sorry, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Third Love and Raycom, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> It's time for some news. I was waiting for you to finish. We got four stories today. A baker's dozen. Yeah, I don't stop until you tell me how many stories. I, mm, th- at some point, it was just intellectual curiosity of how long it would go. Oh, I'll keep going. Yeah. I've gone for a long time. <laughs> so let's start with, I think, I feel like the biggest news today is mm-hmm. there was a direct yesterday. Uh, this report was from me because I'm addicted to compiling news, I guess. Yeah. So I did this all last night. Uh, let's start with the beginning of the direct open with Overwatch, which had been rumored for a while. Yeah, they, there was that leak of the the, the, case. the Kate carrying case. Yeah. yeah, and they just opened straight up with it like, hey, Overwatch is on Switch now. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play Overwatch on Switch? I mean, I have it on PC, so probably not. It's mm-hmm. not like a game. It, it's not a go-to game when you're like, oh, I'll play this, you know. Uh, yeah, on the, yeah, on this like terrible Wi-Fi, wherever I happen to be, you can't. I can't imagine you can play it anywhere else. I'd be curious to see if they add any sort of single-player mode that kind of justifies you playing it offline. Of like, hey, we have this one sort of throwaway single-player thing where if you're on a bus, I guess you can play this instead of an actual match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. It's not the version for me, obviously. But it's cool. It's one of those things where when you think about games that should be on Switch, Overwatch is on that list for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, and it's forty bucks, so it's not. It's not that bad, right? So I don't know. You can run into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if I'm wrong about this, but I didn't think they said anything about crossplay. Yeah. So you would be just you'd just be playing with people on Switch, which I'm sure is mm-hmm. not going to be a, a minuscule number. But Overwatch yeah. came out in 2016, if I recall correctly, yeah. which predates a Switch. So obviously it wouldn't have come out on Switch then. But I does the game feel too old at this point? I mean. It- I think I think for a lot of people this is not the like the version that they're going to play. I think that if if Blizzard had gotten cross save into the game at some point, um, I think this would be a lot more appealing for me personally because I have Overwatch on every other platform it's on, yeah, because to play with different people. But none of those like, hey, if I got like a cool skin on one platform, I don't have it on any of the other ones. So I basically stuck to pre- PC, and then the other platforms were like, I guess I have to play it on this platform with my friends. So, but if I had all my if all my stuff could transfer to the Switch version, I'd be a little bit in actually into the idea of playing more Overwatch. But as it stands, it's one of those things where it's like I'd have to start over basically. Yeah, which which is not super great for a game where it has so much content at this point. Um, so I would love for them to do like a Destiny style. Hey, carry all your stuff over. We're going to do an account migration thing. What actually amazes me is because like there's no crossplay. There's mm-hmm. no like you do have to start over and start all that stuff, and like it's all locked to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Why not just do Nintendo stuff for it? Yeah. Like, could, why is there not a Mario costume for May? Yeah, like Link for Tracer or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. And I, they did it with Diablo. Mm-hmm. I guess they want to keep it consistent. They don't want people to be like, oh, I wish I had this thing and it's not on PC. Yeah. But 
at the same time, you want to sell this thing, too. Yeah, Bowser Roadhog, all you need. Yeah, all that makes complete sense that they're not doing. What they are doing, however, is releasing it on October, October 15th, mm. which kind of cements October as the third party month, because I think like that, that's Witcher as well. Oh, yeah. And that's and like there's no real Nintendo releases between like beginning of October and Luigi's Mansion at the very end. Yeah. So I guess they are trying. They Nintendo does that sometimes. They clear out space for third parties, and this time there actually is like some third party releases. Yeah, that's a weird. That that is definitely like a Nintendo like solution of like how do we get third parties to to put games on our console besides the fact that it's like one of the most popular things going right now. It's like oh we'll give them a whole month on the calendar. Is that how part third party relationship works? Yeah. Like there was a time when we came out and like there was just a big. I want to say it was between, like, Galaxy and Mario Kart. I'm, I might be completely wrong mm-hmm. on those dates. But, like, others, like, they tried to leave that place open for third parties. Then everyone delayed all their stuff to Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Or, no, I'm totally wrong then. But, like, that was, it's an elegant solution if you have games that people want to buy. Mm-hmm. I think, at very least, Witcher and Overwatch will catch interest. Overwatch especially because it is actually coming out at a budget price for forty bucks, yeah. which I think is a, to be fair, I think is the standard price that Overwatch came out yeah. at at some point. Because I, I know it came out at sixty, but it was like the special edition or whatever that that was the only thing you can get. And right. I think on PC you could get it for forty dollars, but so it's not like a super budget price. But it being forty dollars with I'm guessing a bunch of stuff already included, I think is a good price for it. I don't yeah. think it could have done it. They could have done it at sixty. But they they do include a three month membership yeah. for the Switch Online because yeah. obviously you cannot play that game without yeah. Switch Online, which you're going to need. Yeah, for the next thing. Yeah, so they all. One of the things Nintendo also confirmed during that direct was that Super Nintendo games are coming to the Switch Online service. So they yeah. come. They're coming today. Uh, they have. I don't have the full list of games that they put up. I should have probably posted it, but it does include games like F-Zero, Super Metroid, Super Mario World, and stuff like Joe Link Joe to the Mac past, 2. Link yeah. to the Past, obviously, is one of the heavy ones that mm-hmm. you want on Switch. Uh, Super Metroid, Super Mario World. Oh, there we go. Kevin brought it up. Brawl Brothers, which... The worst, the, the worst Brothers game, for sure. Yeah, on this list, if you want to have a Brothers game, it's not yeah, going to be that uh, one. I was waiting for uh, uh, Ultimate Brothers, personally. There's a lot of great games on this list, and they match the Japanese list. There's no big like exceptions there's, there's there. There's no like swaps. Yeah, so Super Puyo Puyo 2 yeah. is one of the big ones. Super Tennis. Uh, Star Fox, Kirby's Dream Land 3. Stunt Race FX, which I think is them like sh- a shot across the bow saying, yo, we have a F- FX chip working on this thing. Yeah. Like, obviously, cool. with Star cool. Fox and Yoshi's Island. Because, yeah. like, when they put that stuff on 3DS, they use, like, the GBA version for mm-hmm. Yoshi's Island 2 because they couldn't get the FX chip emulation working. So it looks like they finally mastered that. So this is actually a really decent list. And all that stuff comes out today for Switch subscribers. Mm-hmm. So they needed a, they clearly needed a thing to say because it launched, the service launched a year ago. Yeah, and they, don't, and they yeah. haven't really, like, I they, mean, they have yeah. Tetris 99, which, yes. is, which is not so nothing. Good. Tetris 99 is yeah. great. Uh, but it feels like. That service has been about being able to play those games online and mm-hmm. a few bonuses so far. And this feels like the biggest thing they've done for that service since either Tetris 99 or at all. Like, Yeah. It is, it's smart, I guess, to do this mm-hmm. right before people's like auto-renew comes up. Because they don't yeah. want people turning it off. They want them for sure. to subscribe for another year. And if this is the launch service, hopefully they're able to get a better... like. Because, honestly, one of my big problems with the NES stuff, besides the fact that most of those games don't hold up great, yeah. is that... They release two games a month, and that's awful. That is a terrible, mm-hmm. like, scheduling, whatever, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's some of those games are great. Like, oh, we're finally putting this thing on here. But when you only do two a month, that's 
24 games in the last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm sure the number is different. Like, yeah, yeah, considering how large the, the NES's library is, is yeah. really disappointing. It should be two a week at minimum. Yeah. The other thing, like, I think this is this is like a half step towards what people want them to do, which is just like, hey, if you subscribe, you have access to this enormous library of yeah. Super Nintendo games, and this is like a way to get d- to start it. But I, I don't have much confidence in that they'll expand the library too much mm-hmm. beyond this, because I, th- I, I don't think for them they see it as worth the effort to say, yeah, we should put every Super Nintendo game as, as part of this service. Right. But they're going to give you the hits. They're going to give you, like, being able to play Link to the Past on your Switch, not an insignificant thing for a, l- a lot of people, I think. I think, so... I think with Switch Online, people want Netflix of 2014, of like when they had tons of movies and TV shows yeah. and you could just pick whatever. But Nintendo's more thick in like Netflix of 2008 or mm-hmm. even like a modern Netflix of like, we have some of that stuff, those archive stuff, but you're really on Switch Online for the new games. Yeah. Which, Which is kind of what it is now, honestly, what Netflix is now, honestly. Yeah, that's like, what I'm There's like, some cool stuff, but mostly you're here for the, you know, for Patriot Act, for like Narcos, whatever. Yeah, the, Netflix the, thinks I'm there for Glow, and sometimes I'm there for like, I want to see Burn Notice for the 50th time. Yeah. Which right. I don't, honestly, <laughs> fuck Burn Notice. Like, it's a fine show, but After that the doesn't hold run, up. It just doesn't hold yeah. up, you know. Yeah, when you're a spy, you don't <laughs> want to hear that so often. But yeah, they, they also have an SNES controller that, much like the NES controllers, you can buy exclusively to Switch Online. Yeah, which is but a weird thing. It's weird, but this time, they, it's not a rail thing. I think they figured, realized that was a weird idea mm-hmm. of like you can only charge it by putting it on the Joy-Cons. It doesn't actually work on the, on the rails. So is it just USB now? Yeah, it's just a USB-C. Perfect. So like, in that case, like 8-bit dough makes really good controllers. You could also just get one of those. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I think even even if the hardware on the AP do, AP do ones are, is better, I think there are people who will like. It's not official. It's not Nintendo making it. Yeah. I don't want that. And this you, is that yeah. for them. I might. I'm like honestly, I'm probably I would get one, but never actually use it mm-hmm. to just like have it sitting there. Yeah, like, if I ever want to use this, I never will. But yeah. if I ever want to use this, I can use it. Yeah, or like connect to a RetroPie or something. Yeah, or uh, your PC. You know. Yeah. So the next big piece of news was Smash Brothers stuff. Mm-hmm. The first rev- are they showed Banjo a little bit. And they're like, yeah. okay, well, we haven't shown it since E3, so let's confirm a release date. By the way, that release date's today. Yeah, which is was super surprising because I feel like the gap between them announcing Joker and then releasing Joker mm-hmm. and then he- between Joker and Hero even was like pretty large. And then this is like, what, the month after? Yeah. That's crazy. So I, what I was told originally was that uh, they're behind, basically. They were, or they were behind oh, on DLC okay. stuff. Hero was supposed to be a shadow drop at E3. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like, Hero's out today, and also now Banjo's next. But it took a little bit longer with him. I guess he was mm. a more complicated character. I, I mean, I can see why. Yeah, and I, I imagine licensing also held that thing up mm-hmm. quite a bit. But now that they're, they're kind of back on track. So Banjo is out today. We'll talk a bit about him later today in the games cast, because both Surreal and I have gotten hands-on time. Yeah. Uh, they also revealed the next character. Yeah. And Andrew and I talked about a little bit about this earlier this week, that on the Nintendo page, they said, like, a copyright SNK. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was going to be an SNK character. Yeah. Which I think made that character trailer, which is one of the best character trailers, period, for Smash Brothers. It's super good. It made it more amazing, because all we knew is it was going to be an SNK character. We didn't know who it was. So the character trailer is the, what was it, the KOF 94 opening? One of the, one of the early ones, for yeah. sure. And it's it shows everyone, like, 
trying to grab the Smash Brothers opening or Smash Brothers invitation. Like, it's several characters. Like I think it starts with Rio, and then it goes to Geese, and then it goes to a couple other characters. Yeah. Iori at one point, and then it lands. Yeah, like, Nakaruru. Basically, people yeah. who you'd think might they have valid claim on a Smash Brothers yeah. representation. I would have been. I think it would have been even cool. I know it's like a KOF thing, but it, I think considering how wild the rumors got about like, oh, it could be a character from Metal Slug. It could yeah. be Athena from like Cycle Soldier, like not KOF Athena. Uh, they could have gone a little bit wilder with the characters, but like the fact that it was animated in that traditional style was like such a yes. fantastic touch honestly my favorite character trailer but yeah. i think like when you make those you kind of have to worry about like we don't want to put someone in here that people might want one more. might actually want yeah because yeah. then like that's teasing and like you, people get pissy yeah that, sort of that would be as crazy as like having simon belmont in the game and then making alucard an assist trophy instead <laughs> that would just be you know what i was thinking weird. about the other day that they teased kid dracula at one point and then like they showed the shadow i don't oh, recall him ever being in the game at any yeah. point i I'm probably they, they like, teased a sticker. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was that's a sticker or like did. he was supposed to be like one of the background monsters or something. Yeah. Anyway, but like they they eventually showed Terry Bogard, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I love Terry. Yeah, I love Terry's like fake English. Like mm-hmm. I through the entire direct, I was streaming it last night. I was just going like in my head, like are you okay, Busta Wolf kind of things. Yeah, I'm imagining Kirby saying those things is gonna be adorable. oh dude, yes. yes, he's gonna have a fatal fury cat, and he then is. that should be the action figure they make, and that that'll be the one that I buy. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm very curious to see if he plays similarly to how Ryu does, where if you do the commands for his moves, if yeah. they're strengthened, because I think like maybe doing that a third time isn't as interesting. But you know what else are you gonna like? How else are you gonna diversify that? that character in a way that makes them interesting and cool but uh, I'm very excited about this like having what's basically Capcom versus SNK3 in this game Mm -hmm. uh, with Ryu versus Terry for the first time since CBS 2 Yeah, I think is a really cool thing the fact that Capcom isn't doing it is crazy but I'll take what I can get so at the time they also did announce like oh no there's only one more character left who's it gonna be oh wait we're actually doing a season pass 2 so you don't need to worry there's gonna be like five more characters after that and Sakurai saw the the next year of his life fade away he looks so tired there was a smash thing afterwards that he was like looks like I'm never gonna get a vacation I'm like I would Take a break. I would be fine if we <laughs> just waited a year. That's the last character they announce is like, <laughs> finally, I can go on vacation. <laughs> the last character is me. <laughs> I'd like to announce my stream channel that I never use because I'm on vacation. Uh, yeah. Part of that where he like played two characters at once. During yes. The, uh, that was phenomenal. He is yeah. crazy. Such good content. And he was in like last. Oh, he was like, oh, it was so easy last time because like hero has a menu. So I could just do like this. But now I have to fight like this. I'm like, both of those are weird. Yeah. yeah. Dude, no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which shows like like he has like a bit of a fighting game background. Yeah, he was a Street uh, Fighter two competitive player. Yeah, it's also it, and so like I think Bo, like Terry Bogard makes sense as like him like as a callback to like retro stuff. And I think a lot of people were upset that you know uh, SNK doesn't have the notoriety like they're wasting a slot, and that just seems like a weird thing because I think uh, people forget that a lot of the appeal of Smash choices were like who's this guy? Yeah. Right? Because, like, even in Melee, they had Marth, which people had not heard of. They had Game & Watch, which um, people might have heard of, but, like, not really. Like, yeah, Rob be, was a failed real. accessory for two years. Exactly. So, yeah. like, I, having these weird out of, like, nowhere characters, I like, for a lot of people, is, like, really cool. I, I like that they're not just saying, like, well, who's popular? Right. Right? Um, and the fact that they have more characters on the way kind of, I hope, alleviates a lot of that frustration of, like, well, maybe your character can make it in you know, in the next pack, right? So I'm, I'm curious to see if they take another, like, crossover mm-hmm. direction with the next pack or if they go, like, now let's 
go back to more Nintendo characters. Legend of Kanto asks, Hi there, Imran Serial. Great to have you on the show. Nintendo held a direct last night, including information about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC, confirming that they will expand the DLC offering past the original Fighters Pass into the future. Given that all the character choices have been an assortment of third-party choices, do you think this game has any real limitations anymore? Or do you think Nintendo, and he wrote Samurai, but I assume that's autocorrect, but Samurai is a pretty funny name for Masahiro mm-hmm. Sakurai, can essentially lay claim to anyone they see fit. Also, do you foresee a future in which characters outside of gaming are given a chance to beat on Mario and friends? Keep up the good work, Lucas. So I think it, it, almost immediately you can kind of rule out any sort of Sony cooperation, I think. I wouldn't rule out anything Microsoft related at this yeah. point with Banjo being in the game, but I don't think they're going to do, I don't think they're going to do Master Chief just because it, but maybe they will, right? That's no longer off limits. Yeah. But I don't think we'll see something like Kratos. I don't think we'll see, you know, Nathan Drake, even though that'd be cool. But I think Sony definitely seems like they're living in their like ivory tower right now of like, we don't want to do any crossover stuff unless it's within our own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I like that stuff feels like it won't happen, but anything other than that, like, uh, I think anything video game related, I think, is up for grabs at this point. I don't. I think at one point Sakurai straight up said like, "We don't want Goku in there because he's not like a video game character." Yeah. Or am I just be making that up? The, you know, he said like they have to have originated in right. video games. Right. So it can't I, just be in that they've been in video games. They like, just start there. Yeah, and at this point, like Smash's roster is so large, like. Goku's like the only character that is that feels like they're missing in terms of like holy crap announcements. Yeah. But uh, at this point, I don't think there's really anything outside of like Sony stuff that feels super off limits. Because I mean, at one point people were talking about Doom Guy, which wouldn't fit like that game's aesthetic. But no one thought like, Snake? Yeah, yeah, like they they have so many characters and they have like they're really good about toning that stuff down. Like even even like uh, on a similar note, like they added Sans to the game, right? Like as a, as like a me costume for the shoot for yeah. the me shooter, which is cool. Yeah, like, it's yeah. A, it's like a cool way to get people in. And I didn't see like any like, oh man, they didn't actually put him in the game. That's everyone is just happy to to have the option to play as him in any way. Yeah, Sakurai told a story after like Toby Fox came to his house and they played Smash Brothers together. That's and like crazy. Sakurai That's so drove cool. him home in his, I, I think Toby Fox is on Twitter saying like, yeah, Sakurai drove me back to my hotel afterwards in his car and she kept calling it the Batmobile. Dude is it's like this the is life. the weirdest story I've cuz like what this is a guy who made like a fan game a couple of years or was making mother fan games and then yeah, like yeah, made yeah. his own indie thing which has now become the most popular thing in Japan mm-hmm. in like 5 years. That's that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't see them ruling out anything at this point, but I could imagine like I mean, honestly, I'm at the point where I would want any of the Fire Emblem characters from from Three Houses. Like yes. any Claude would be probably the one, just because he would be an archer, which would be different for Fire Emblem characters. Um, but in terms of what I want, there's just not a whole lot of like major Nintendo characters left that I can think of that I would want. Right? I don't. I mean, I, I'm I sure. I'm like, sure if I like scoured like a list of like here's yeah. some cool Nintendo games, you know. I want uh, a different Zelda character than like the same basic ones we've had. Yeah. So like Urbosa would be great. Yeah, I think any of the any of those like uh, those four guardians, I think yeah. they're called, uh, would be good additions. I'm trying to think of like who else would like who else out like who's a good like high. All the notability. ones I can think of have been like they would maybe be clone like octolings would be neat, but they'd just be inklings. Yeah, like I'm like Birdo, was kind of hitting it on UIP. So somebody from Astro Chain might be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I could see them. I could see them promote like because they they did that with like Marth to some degree and yeah. and, and, and uh, Kid Icarus uh, or Pit. I mean, of like, hey, we're promoting an upcoming game by putting them in Smash Brothers. Yeah, Roy was originally he, his game had not been released when he was in Melee. Yeah, 
So like they they could do something like that. Uh, maybe Nest. Like I'm surprised. I guess maybe not super surprised that we haven't had like an arms character in there yet. Yeah, the arms would be good. He was a assist or punch. What was his name? Uh, couldn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Man. that's why they're not in the game. Springman. He was in <laughs> yeah, uh, Springman. Yeah. yeah, he was in the as assist trophy. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll one see. Of them could Isaac would be a good one. Golden Sun has yeah. not been represented. Yeah. But in terms of outside of Nintendo stuff, who would you want? Who like who, who would I want? Like if we're sticking to games. Yeah. I mean, I do this for every fighting game, but I would love the uh, I would love for there to be a Suda uh, Grasshopper character. I think the coolest thing they could do is put the Smith Syndicate from Killer Seven in there. Yeah. I've thought about this a lot uh, as them as a fighting game character, where it's sort of like double from Skullgirls, mm-hmm. where every move is like it, he they transform into a different Smith basically. So like for a side B, he could turn into Mask the Smith and throw grenade launchers up B. He could be Cade and or a Coyote and spring upwards. It'd be very difficult to do, yeah. but they've like. I could that would be the thing that I would want but or like Travis touchdown I think would be an easier yeah Travis like, makes a lot of sense especially yeah. like he's not that far removed from Joker they're both from M-rated games they both yeah. have like very stylized looks like yeah. it, it would make sense and if you need to talk move list Sakurai I'm always open <laughs> obviously you should consult me and not Suda for this move list for, yeah. for sure he, he flew Toby Fox yeah. in he's, like he can yeah, yeah he can pay do. for you uh, I'm I'm up there in Toby Fox level <laughs> for sure uh, who, who would you want Imran Sora Okay, yeah. Sora, I think... Kingdom Hearts would be a good crossover for them. Yeah, it's. I think it's the last big, like, holy shit character. Yeah. Especially of Japanese gaming. Yeah. And then I think Nintendo's just, like, trying to work up their, like, negotiating muscles. So it's like, all right, we got Xbox on the list. Who's on next on the rung? Disney. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's license this character. Honestly, like, I know you think Sony's off limits, but I feel like if they became requested enough, I think Nintendo would be like, okay, I know you guys don't want to, but let's talk about this a bit. Okay. Who, just who, see... Who would be a character? Like, I think my, if if I could pick a Sony character, it would honestly be Cat from Gravity Rush. Yeah, Gravity Rush would be great. Yeah, I think Sony would probably go Ratchet and Ratchet. Clank. Yeah, yeah, Crash Bandicoot. I think any of those mascot characters would be really good fits. I think Crash would work really well. I'd, I'd be surprised with how requested he is if he's not already on a list somewhere. Yeah. Of like, let's see if we can. I would get imagine this done. Nintendo is aware of who Crash is at this point. Yes. Yeah. He was outside their building. They yeah. were. Yeah. And also, like those, those remasters have proven to be ridiculously popular. So yeah. I think I think they know. But yeah. I would be very interested to see what they do next. Like, honestly, half the fun of this is just finding out who they pick. Yeah, because at this point, it's like, I've gone from like, oh, they have to put this character in there to like, great, surprise me. You know who would be weird? Francis York Morgan from Deadly Premonition. <laughs> that, would, that would be definitely a weird thing. <laughs> but it's also possible because Deadly Premonition 2 not only exists, which is shocking to everybody, mm-hmm. but Deadly Premonition 1 is coming to switch as Deadly Premonition Origins. Yeah, which is, do you think it, that's like a, a legally required thing where it's like, if you want to put it on a, on another platform, we have to change the name of it or something? I don't know, maybe. Like, they had... Because why call it Origins otherwise? Why not just call it Deadly Premonition? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Maybe they didn't want to be saddled with a late port kind of thing? Yeah, like, ah, oh, this is the old game. Yeah. This one's got new things? Which I kind of wonder if it is if it is the definitive edition they released after, which, like, may, mostly just lets you break the game mm-hmm. way earlier. So That's you didn't true. have to really deal with the combat, which is a good thing in that game. <laughs> yes, that was not that game's that game's combat was not great, but it was very weird in a way that I appreciate. Oh god, I I remember the the enemy calls in that game being like super disturbing. Yes, and that was like the best part of combat was just like hearing them like, "Don't kill me." Yeah, <laughs> Deadly Premonition two. Well, at first, I was like, "Okay, this is weird." One, why does this game exist? Two, is Hidetaka Suahiro working on it? And that's where he's 65 for anyone yeah, who doesn't he's absolutely know. Doing it. He was the original writer and director of those games. He's, he is good at making weird shit. Mm-hmm. And 
he claimed he had never seen Twin Peaks when that game came out. He is. I find that hard to believe. He is. You know, I played ukulele at PAX, that new ukulele. I was like, oh, this is a lot like Tropical Freeze. He's like, we've never played Tropical Freeze. I'm like, okay. motherfucker, you're lying. You, you, like, you, I, you can say that. I'm free either to react I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I understand why you're doing it. Don't, don't, don't yeah. bullshit me. Also, if you haven't, you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, you just happened to make the exact same game. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But yeah, so, Swery eventually did go on Twitter. like, yeah, I'm the writer of record of this game. So like, great. This is going yeah. to be hopefully just as dumb and just as weird. I was looking at screenshots of it yesterday. The apartment that the character is sitting in at one point straight up is the apartment from D4. The Dark Dreams Don't Die. That's cool. I like so that I kind of wonder if he's going to wrap up that story in Deadly Premonition 2. That would be super. That's. I mean, not to spoil anything, but like that would be a pseudo-like twist. Yes. Uh, if you're thinking about titles that came out this year, uh, <laughs> but th- I, I like that. I like that Nintendo is basically embracing their role as like the nostalgia factory for a lot of people. Yeah. And they're just saying, "Hey, this thing that you liked, we're bringing it back." And yeah. then they've done that with Bayonetta, and they now they're doing it with Deadly Premonition, right? Which is it's cool. I, I like that this is happening. It's, like I'm not as big of a of a fan of like Deadly Premonition as a lot of people, but I saw this and like kind of had like. That's super cool. No, I, I absolutely I'm, don't want to play this. I want to watch someone yeah. play it. Yes, that is the proper way to explain Deadly Premonition is to yeah. watch someone else do it. I want to watch entertaining. I want to watch Giant Bomb play it. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, you know, like a group of two editor, two groups of two editors playing through the game at the same time, kind of switching off. Yeah, yeah. let's cool. talk later. Yeah. <laughs> but also that game is going to be Switch exclusive at launch, says yeah. the Rising Star CEO. So it might be come to later other platforms eventually, but for right now, they're only talking about Switch. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff in the direct. I didn't write down all, or I didn't like all of it like a big discussion point. But Sergio, you specifically wanted to talk about uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. Yeah, so that's getting a switchboard. That that's like that was up there for me in terms of Wii U games that I missed. Yeah. Um, even though I had a Wii U, there was just a thing of like by by the time like maybe a year app, basically anything after 3D World, which is it's it's still wild to me that that game is still not out on Switch. It's coming. Um, like fingers crossed, but like, th- like Mirage Sessions was definitely one of those games where it's like I don't know if I want to play it on a Wii U. Yeah, even though like you know it wasn't. That it also crazy. came out very late. It was like 20, yeah. 2016, right? It was pretty. It, it was definitely around the time where it's like I'm no longer interested in anything that's coming out on the Wii U. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, I've heard nothing but good things about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So I'm I'm into the idea of them bringing that back. Um, so I'm, I'm I, this is one of those things where I'm excited for this. Yeah, so. I've played enough of it to know it's great. Uh, I've seen people say that it's better than Persona 5 to them. Okay. Like, in terms of, yeah, JV's shaking his head. Or shaking his head, yes. He's, he's nodding. He's nodding. nodding. Yes, yes, that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> yes, nodding. Yeah. <laughs> he's shaking his head no, but it, but it's a furry yes. Uh, yeah, and we're getting like stuff like Doom 64, which everybody obviously wanted, mm-hmm. uh, to Assassin's Creed game. Uh, Town, that game from Game Freak. Uh, yeah, is which also a Toby Hero. Fox composed game. Yeah. It's a Toby Fox Direct. Yeah, it's yeah. A weird that that guy. I, I love how prominent he is now. That's He's doing like anime amazing. endings and like. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he also did like a, a new composition of Megalovania for, for the Sans outfit. Yeah. So you have to buy the Sans outfit, but you get Megalovania in the game. So yeah. I'm definitely doing that. 100%. Uh, but yeah, like a really strong Nintendo Direct to have, but like out of nowhere, it seems like. Yeah. They always have a September one, but like it's usually not this strong. This reminds me of when they announced, when we had that week where they announced the Switch and like we got a bunch of Red Dead details. In the same yeah. like span of like forty eight hours, like the, the Nintendo just swings wild at the weirdest times. Yes, which is really cool. I mean, this year it's like they want to sell us a light, so they're trying to push everything. It's like here's what you should tell your here's a list you make your parents. Yeah, They're like oh well, all these games are coming. Like clearly, I want this. A couple other things I want to mention: 
Obradin is coming to Switch mm-hmm. and other consoles. Buy Obradin. Buy Obradin. Obradin is great. JB also nodding. It's an amazing it's, game. Yeah. Amazing soundtrack. Don't read anything about it. Buy it. Just understand that Papers, Please is one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. And that this is this, this is by the same people. So. Yeah, it's better than Papers, Please. It is better than Papers, Please. Ah, I find that hard. I played it with a friend. That's a great way to do it. We had like a little notebook and we were writing down names and trying to figure everything out. Don't read anything about it. Don't... don't Absorb the twist before you get to it, but it's an amazing thing, and it happens fairly early. But you're gonna you're gonna love that game if you play it. Don't even watch a trailer. Yeah, Just buy it. Yeah, take a leap of faith. Buy it. Play it. Love it. There you go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe listen to some music on YouTube if you want to be like convinced, because the music is fantastic mm-hmm. too. Din is great. Uh, there's also a Xenoblade remake or remaster. It's not clear, yeah. but they they change all the models. All the textures are different. It's clearly a the Xenoblade and like Xenoblade Two, kind of like engine. Final Fantasy Eight tier of like. Well, the original models are kind of like. Eh, so it's let's... weird. Like it's it's hard to define because like Shadow of the Colossus is a remake that's based on the source code of the original yeah. game. Final Fantasy Eight is a remaster that has none of the source code of the original game. It's mm-hmm. all rebuilt new. So like, how do we define stuff at this point? Yeah, reupholstered. But, yeah, yeah. There we go. Like that. It's interesting to me that that game is a thing where Nintendo had to be dread kicking and screaming to localize that title in America. And then now it's a thing. It's a, there's been three games. It's become an anthology series. There's been a, another port to 3DS. Yeah. Like the characters in Smash Brothers. Like, I guess we'll have a successful franchise, you yeah. guys. They, they clearly want people to be like more in, attached to this franchise. Yeah. With Xenoblade 1, also a fantastic game. I kind of mm. wonder if they're going to update any of it. Like the uh, trailer showed the shoulder of the Bionis, which is like, in that game, the con- the con- our conceit is you are living on a giant that is so astronomically big that you can't perceive it. So y- everything that's on it is basically land. It's basically like if Earth were just one sh- like vertebrae of a bigger thing. Yeah. So the, uh, what the end of the trailer showed the shoulder, which is like cut content from the original game. Okay. So they seem to be reinserting that back into the game, which is cool. Yeah, which is if you're going to yeah. bring that game back, that's definitely a thing yeah. you should do. And also Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection, which we talked about as a yeah. rumor here, is Assassin's Creed 4 and Rogue, which I might play Rogue. I never got a chance to play that. Yeah. All right, next, on to the next story. Ikumi Nakamura. She was that very nervous but happy but well-loved person during the Bethesda E3 conference that mm-hmm. came out to introduce Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, the she, creative. Yeah, she's like the creative director on that project, and she was, for all intents and purposes, like the lead person. Yeah, she was. She is Shinji Mikami's apprentice. Mm-hmm. Like he brought her over when he was working on Vanquish from with Platinum Games, and like they came over to Tango from there. And she's she was also on Bayonetta and Okami as an art director. So she has some chops, basically. Yeah. Uh, this was her first big project. People loved her at E3. She announced yesterday abruptly on Twitter that she is leaving Tango GameWorks and is looking for new work. Yeah, uh, and apparently, like she had her LinkedIn, according yeah. to this sto- uh, story by Matt Cam at IGN. Yeah, uh, Joseph Noop and Matt Cam yeah. wrote the the story. She had a, she has a link to her LinkedIn page, which yeah. is like a, such a power move. Uh, after nine years as creative director and art director at Tango and Zenimax, I felt here is one of ends of the journey. Nakamura wrote, "I learned with the talent. I learned from the talented people I've worked with, and I respect. Contact me if anyone wants to work with me." So this is. If you don't cover the game industry, this might not be a, like this could be a thing that's either greater, you know, could be nothing. If you do cover the game industry, you know, a creative director leaving mid development means something is different. Yeah. Something is massively changing with that game. Yeah, like it, it's hard to like without much more information, it's hard to speculate. But it it does seem like something happened. Either I like it's it's nice to say or maybe think that she she got a better offer, but. Mm-hmm. 
you don't get a lot of better offers than being creative director on and a major like, triple budget game. If you get a better offer, you don't put your LinkedIn into the tweet. Exactly. Uh, so it, this is definitely a case where something happened and she was either frustrated or pushed out or something like that. And uh, is yeah is looking to move on, yeah. which is unfortunate because it definitely seemed like that game had a lot of interesting ideas, and a lot of it felt like it stemmed from her approach to horror, which she had been posting about on Twitter of like, hey, here's how you do horror, here's sort of my approach. Yeah, she was posting a lot on on Twitter of talking, you know, basically talking shop, right? Um, and the and the game seemed like it was going to be very much inspired by that. I'm. It doesn't seem like that game is super far along. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not seem far along enough that people can run with her ideas. Yeah, it de- it definitely seems like the game could shift in tone like pretty drastically at this point, and not not be the vision that she had uh, imagined at this point. Yeah, I'm. It's it's curious because I'm. I liked seeing her at E3. I yeah. liked what she had to say about the game. I liked that CG trailer quite a bit in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. It was also very cool to have like a Japanese female director like out there as the yeah, face prominent. of the game. Yeah, that's that's very rare. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that. And it's disappointing that if she's not going to be, because it, it does sound like whatever was coming up with that game was not what she wanted. Mm-hmm. However, if that's through corporate meddling or that the studio couldn't pull it off technologically or whatever, yeah. who knows? But yeah, it's disappointing yeah. and. I hope she. I hope she finds a position of that caliber. Right. You know. Uh. She definitely feels like she ha- Like you said, she has the chops to do it. Um. And so I hope that she finds prominent placement within this industry and, and gets to direct basically something that would be more akin to her vision. I kind of wonder like what's going to happen. Is that game canceled? Is Shinji Mikami going to step in because he's got out of game directing? Evil Within was basically his last game. Yeah. I like, think the second one. I don't think was directed by him. Yeah. It was. I wonder if that. Uh, it's a. It's a Western developer. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But he he might step in for this one. Uh, she, like, like I said, Shinji Mikami might. Or this could be Mikami's last straw. Maybe mm-hmm. he's done. Maybe yeah. he's like, I'm leaving Tango Gameworks. I've heard various rumors about what he might be, what he's been talking about doing for a while. All those that sound exciting. So maybe this is going to push him yeah. out to do those things. I do kind of wonder, like, what becomes of Tango if this game is canceled? Mm-hmm. Like because it seems they've had the evil within, and that's pretty much been it. And it seems like people like those games, but they don't feel like they've broken through. Yeah, in, in the first game sold a million. Second game yeah. did not at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Bethesda is not super kind to developers who don't constantly like produce yeah. hits. I mean, to be fair, like I feel like they are more. Uh, forgiving than a lot of other places like you know from what I remember Wolfenstein 2 didn't sell super great and they're still following through with that trilogy but there's also stuff with like Prey back in the day yeah Yeah, so and to be clear a creative director changing does not always mean a bad thing like I mentioned this on Twitter Alex Eniel who uh, does Brave Wave Studios and like CVX Freak for people who know uh, he mentioned that Resident Evil 4 is a historic example of Hideki Kamiya was working on the game he wanted to make it a more action thing, like a very. It ended up becoming Devil May Cry, what he wanted to make. But Shinji Mikami went, "This is not really Resident Evil, so we're going to change you out, and I'm going to jump in for this one." It was there's some other iterations between those th- yeah. two things happening, but like creative director can sometimes be a a change can be for the better. True. So maybe that's going to happen with Ghostwire Tokyo, but hopefully Nakamura. The circumstances does, yeah. on it did not seem as like. I don't think it was like a Capcom situation yeah. like this. This does not seem like that situation. This did not seem but friendly. But again, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. But from that to a story that I saw this morning, popular Fortnite streamer, and I might be getting this name wrong, but also I don't care that much, uh, Tifue, Tifu, Tifu? I don't know. T-F-U-E, used a racial slur in a stream, then deleted it. This is from PC Gamer by Jody McGregor. Hmm. And I think original reporting was by The Verge on this one. 
Uh, so you may know Fortnite Pro Pro Turner, T, or, sorry, Fortnite Pro Turner T4E Tenny for his legal dispute with FaZe Clan, with whom he was under contract, or simply because he's almost 7 million followers on Twitch. That's a lot of followers. I have like 50. Mm. You may know, yeah. You may also know him for controversies like his two bans from Switch, or from Twitch, including a 30-day ban he received in 2018 for using a racial slur, or the time he was suspended from Fortnite by Epic for using account selling, or for account selling. Tenny also plays Minecraft on his channel, and during a recent stream, he once again used a racial slur, saying in an exaggerated accent, "You guys fucking killed all the villagers, man. Y'all motherfuckers killed them." N word. You can suck my pee pee, man. He seems like a very cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitch has a three strikes rule for streamers that results in in indefinite suspension for the third infraction for the community guidelines. That includes any content or activity that promotes, encourages, or facilitates discrimination, denigration, objectification, harassment, or violence based on the following characteristics. The first of which is race, race, ethnicity, or national origin. Simply using a racial slur isn't necessarily enough to break those guidelines, however, and previously Tyler Ninja Blevins managed to get around them because he'd used a racial slur while rapping. Ah, yes, the rapping clause in that contract. (laughs) He he inserted the N-word into a song that did not have the N-word. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, yo, it's not that hard. Just, I've managed to do it. Just... Don't be on the internet. Don't be anywhere. Remember that time you didn't say a racial slur? Keep doing that. Like, I've, I've, I have hundreds of hours of content on the internet to have not said a racial slur. It's super easy to not do it. Look, I've gotten big mad at video games before, but like racial slurs are not what I go to. I go for like more personal things when I'm trying to be toxic to someone in Dota 2 who (laughs) who is not getting what I'm trying to tell them. And like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you don't have, this is such an unforced error. Yeah. Like, he deleted the video, so he knows, clearly. Yeah. But, like, it's out there. It's the internet. It's out there. Yeah. I think it also, I it does mention that this is, like, his third strike in a lot of ways, but uh, I'm very curious as to, as to considering how big he is and the fact that Twitch maybe feels a little bit vulnerable and that they've lost their biggest streamer in Ninja. Yeah. Uh, how much they're going to stick to these kinds of things going forward, because, I mean, they, they tried to ban... Uh, uh, Doctor disrespect for a while. Tried to ban, and then he came back. Right, so two like, weeks later for committing a felony. In right, so it, it definitely seems like we have not faced a situation when someone does something so bad that they're that they're just done. done there was right? that thing a couple of I've I've forgotten the names, but there was the Fortnite uh, streamer who mm-hmm. beat his girlfriend on stream, and okay. he he was initially temp banned, and then had his ban like reversed automatically. But that's a thing of like. When people called it out, they're like, "Okay, this is the you can't have this guy back on." And Twitch is like, "Yeah, you're right, we can't." It seems like the the uh, modus operandi for Twitch is you unban automatically, yeah, you, and if there is a ex or extenuating circumstance, then you ban permanently. Yeah, you're you're always adapting to what people are saying about you versus trying to be preventative. Which, for one thing, like that should not be the level that you get to before you're like, maybe this person shouldn't be on our service anymore, uh, and also. I feel like it, it would it would be helpful for them to to try a little bit and say like let's let's err on the side of caution uh, more often than like well this guy has a lot of followers so they can do whatever they want until they do something that we that would be terrible for our brand right and I think it's it's the algorithm based like tech valley society thing of like this is what everyone does they want to let the algorithm right. handle it if this person got so many reports then clearly they did something wrong blah 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 yeah. we'll have one person look at it and then another person yeah. look at it later like you need people in charge of these things because so much of life is nuanced right exactly like you need you, like 
it's easy to rely on algorithms for a lot of this stuff and say like, well, the algorithm isn't affected by this by this change of like this person saying this thing. Right. Uh, but I think long term, you need I think you need like that more critical human eye to say like long term over the course of several of these algorithms. How is that going to affect us? And if it, if the idea is that by letting these people have a pass that your brand as a whole is like, well, Twitch is where people go to just say shitty things to people when they're streaming. Yeah. Like that is that is a cost that can't necessarily be measured in algorithms maybe yet. Uh, and I think that's something that people need to consider more about how they how they attempt to uh, think about punishments and and that kind of thing going forward. Yeah. I will say we joked a little bit about the heated gamer moment thing at the beginning, and like I think PC Gamer used it in their tweet as well. Uh, it's it's a funny joke, but let's not call these heated gamer moments. Those, yeah, that, it's, those aren't. They're, it's racism. If you use yeah. a racial epithet, it's racism. Yeah. And whether or not like there's the whole thing about like, oh, in his heart, he's maybe not, you know, a racist, but it's like your actions are what are all we know. There, there's no way in which like that is a, a statement that to me holds water, like even if said by people who know him, like that's all I know is the things that you have said, like your actions are the expression are the expression of who you are right. in a lot of ways. And so like for that is that is the only thing I can quantify and say, like, here's your record, right? Your resume as a person. So like. I think that the, the the whole like intentions thing is not necessarily something that holds up all the time. There's a lot of things that people say of like when you accuse them of being racist or like that's the worst thing you could say. I'm so like it's not in my heart. Yeah. I'm not racist. It's like okay, but then don't use racial epithets. Like yeah. that's it's, the main yeah. thing. Like that is the that is the line. Like I'm not a murderer. Don't kill somebody. Right. <laughs> So like yeah, I, I've I've murdered someone, but I am I'm not a murderer at heart. Well, it's like you did a murder, dude. Yeah. Like, um, you lose the right to denial yeah. when you do when you do something that you know. Yeah, I, I is think beyond denial. Yeah. On the flip side, I, I do think it's important that in these cases, it's because people are so defensive about it that I think we do uh, should err on the side of like condemning the action and not the person, because then you get into this kind of like back and forth, like, well, is this person a good person or not? Which I don't think is a useful discussion, right? I think it's more important to focus on like this thing that you did is wrong and you shouldn't do it versus like this you are a bad person because i don't think that's a that's as healthy a conversation to have okay so here's the thing growing up as a brown person in the american south uh good people can have racial moments racist racist moments and then they don't become good people in your eyes because you grow up in certain ways you grow up in like in certain with certain biases and ignorances that you don't really understand are bad until they come up. Right. I think, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of being like having been really shitty as like a teenager. Yeah. Like I certainly had a phase where I was using a lot of these words, but like I grew like as soon as people realize like, here's, this is wrong and this is why it's wrong. And this here's why you should stop saying it. it it's like, to me, it was a thing that I saw. It's like, oh, okay. I understand the context of these words now. I don't want to use them anymore because yeah. like I am hurting people when I say them. I used gay as a like to mean exactly. lame until I met, I had a gay friend. And I was like, what, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. why should, if someone was like, yo, that shit's so brown. I'd be like, no, that's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so I think at some point, most people are confronted with like the dissonance of like, I am a good person versus I have said and done things that are like that are shitty. Right. And I think a lot of the times it can split one of two ways. You can either say like, I'm going to be better or I'm going to say that, no, you're wrong. And I'm going to keep doing it because I insist that I'm a good person. But the apology yeah. video is a thing, too, that right, like everyone exactly. does. And then, and then they do the same things over and over again. Right. I feel like it, the, the thing for this would have been not deleting it, saying like, like, hey, I did this thing. I'm really sorry. I like, I I'll donate that that streams like profits to yeah. you know whatever organization. Right. Like that would have been the thing to do. 
when you fuck up, you got to pay the consequences. Yeah, I think and whether that's culturally or monetarily yeah. or whatever, you fucked up. Like, yeah. fix it. Because I think so much of the defensiveness comes with like, no, I'm a good person. Like, I like, the, and to defend yourself being a good person, you say like, this thing isn't as wrong as you think it is. So it, I think it's much like better. Like even pragmatically, as like a streamer who wants to maintain a good social following, to say like, look, I know I get that this thing, this thing that I did is wrong. Is wrong. That's not who I am, and I'm going to like be better going forward. Yeah. Like is I is, is I think the way to handle a lot of that stuff, but you know a lot of people don't want to do that. So yeah, be better going forward. That's the yeah. lesson we take from this. I'm gonna hit the next one very quickly. Uh, Call director Ben Wheatley to direct Tomb Raider two. Uh, this is from Deadline by Mike Fleming Jr. So Ben Wheatley, who has directed, let's see, I did I write that down? I did not write that down. But yeah, Ben Wheatley, he's a cult director. He is on are on tap for the next Tomb Raider movie starring Alicia Vikander. Oh, that's Mike Fleming. That's the writer of the uh, article. That's the wrong Mike Fleming Jr. Um, but yeah, he's like he is on tap for the next Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Did you see the first one? No, I've heard of, I've heard things about it. It's though. the perfect airplane movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I fun. I feel like it had script problems. I think I interviewed Alicia Vikander after seeing it, and like she was pretty defensive about the movie. I'm like, yeah, this part didn't make sense, and she's like, no, it made perfect sense. It's fine. Uh, she was fine in it. It's it was basically <laughs> it was like a step or tep, or bit by bit retelling of that first reboot game. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then changed some weird stuff. And like, didn't really know what it wanted to be. Maybe the sequel be better. So he's done. He did a, doc, a couple of Doctor Who episodes. He did High Rise. That's yeah. a cool movie. Yeah, really okay. trippy. Cool. Okay, so maybe this will be like a really avant-garde uh, Tomb Raider movie. I would like to see that. I'd like to see someone Tomb Raider get weird. Yeah, what? Why well, not? Weir- weirder than those reboot games got for sure. The reboot games could have stand, stood, stood to get a lot weirder. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that movie is set for March nineteenth, twenty twenty-one. So we've, I've always been fascinated by that. Yeah. Video game movies are always this weird fascination that I have that I'm not always super into, but it's like, I'm curious to see how they adapt it, even though I haven't seen this, this particular one. It's always interesting to see how people will tackle those projects. Cause it's like, if you think books aren't adaptable, try adapting a video <laughs> game into a movie. But Serial, that is so far away. Yeah. If I wanted to know what is coming to the mom and grop shops today, where should I look? Well, you could look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. All right. Out today, Fantasy General 2 is out on PC. River City Girls, which I played at PAX and I thought was a yeah, great. I, I played it at Evo. I'm not like a beat em up guy, but I'm interested in this one. Yeah. Hopefully, like, maybe that game just demos super well, but I really enjoyed the hell of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Headlighter, Novi News, Green Hell, Hyperforma, Quarters Please, Gnome's Garden, Lost King, Astivine Menace. That's a name. Astivine? Astivine makes more sense than Astivine. Yeah. 50 Words by P O I Pogi. Mm. Battle okay. Supremacy, Ground Assault, Whoopo, Whoopo, Definitive Edition, If My Heart Had Wings, The Battle of Mahjong, Pocket Cloth that's, that's Those are two games, by the way. If My Heart Had Wings <laughs> and The Battle of Mahjong. It's not like, colon, yeah, no. The Battle of Mahjong. <laughs> visual novel about dating and Mahjong. Uh, Pocket Clothier, Spaces Cows, Rugby Champions, and today's SNES games we mentioned earlier. Yeah. New dates, and because we had a direct today, there's actually quite a few of these. The sinking, or direct yesterday, I should say. The sinking city, city, sinking city switch, release date is now September 12, 2019. Doom 64, November 22nd. Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE Encore, January 17th. Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition, which has like Steam connection, uh, so you can cross save between the two. 
uh, out yesterday, August 4th, Deadly Premonitions Origins, or I'm sorry, September 4th, I did that twice, uh, Deadly Premonitions Origins, out September 4th, Little Town Hero, October 16th, Trials of Mana, April 24th, Overwatch on Switch, October 15th, Jedi Outcast 2, and I think also Jedi Academy is coming out the same day, uh, September 24th, 2020, uh, no, I'm sorry, September 24th, 2019, I'm bad at dates. I wrote a whole... This is why I relied so much on the GI Guide, which, hilariously, I automated right before we got let go. Mm -hmm. So that's... Feeling real proud of that one. Uh, Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection comes out December 6th, and Devil May Cry 2. Best, but definitely not... But maybe least. Why are people... Why are they releasing it alone? Why? Why, Capcom? Because, well, they did the first one. I guess... I mean, it makes it easier for me to just get DMC3 when the time comes, but... Just wait for the the whole collection to come out on Switch at some point with 3. But and also, like, three is the one you want to play. Yeah, three is the three is the one. I, I bet four comes at some point, too, but oh, we'll see. Oh, Dante to, for Smash. That would be a good addition. Yeah, Dante would work. Yeah. Uh, Devil May Cry 2, September 19th. Uh, deal of the day. I did not... I totally forgot to do this. So if anyone has a deal of the day and you're wrong, let me know. Give us your favorite prices out <laughs> there for games. Do you want to just jump to reader mail or do we? Uh, well, now is, now is the time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Yeah. Speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Third Love. The kind of honeys are all rocking Third Love bras, and you should too. I realize this is super weird for me to read. <laughs> I talked to Greg about it at dinner, and he's like, yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> but I think, like, we both agree it is super cool that not only do we have such a huge female audience that, like, they feel like advertising with us, but that they continue to advertise with us. That's amazing. So it's proving successful? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Uh, when we worked at GI, I've seen the breakdown of our audience there. It was mostly male. It's cool that like we have like female audience people, like that they they can advertise with us and they see it as profitable to do so. But Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz, designed bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip. Find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder. Order and try on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need so you have literally nothing to lose. It will be a gain for someone no matter what you do. Third, Love team, Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. Hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. Stra- straps that won't slip and tagless labels, no itching. Lightweight, super thin memory foam cups mold to, mold to your shape and are proprietary to Third Love. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, and right now they're offering... Kind of funny listeners, 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games, G-A-M-E-S, for 15% off today. We're also sponsored by Raycon. It's 2019. Everyone needs a pair of wireless earbuds. I have these right here. These are not nearly as good as the Raycon ones. I bought these for budget because I was like, I'm going to lose these. I'm an idiot. You, but if you want a actually good pair, Raycon. 
Before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you will need to check out the wireless buds from them. You already know Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds in the market, and that they sound just as amazing. But the latest model is their best one yet, with about six hours of playtime. I get about three, and it sucks. I'm like halfway through the day, I'm like, shit, I should have brought like a wireless battery or something. They have seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. Cool Greg has been rocking those earbuds, and he loves them. In fact, he gave them the Cool Greg hand gesture seal of approval. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. There's no dangling wires or stems. You heard me, t- or you not heard me talk about it. You've heard Greg and Andrea and Fran talk about how c- the company was founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Brandy and J.R. Smith and are obsessed with Raycons. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now is the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get your 50% off, order, 50% off your order at buyraycon.com slash kfgames. That's letter K F games. That's buyraycon.com slash kfgames KF games for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com, because I messed it up before, dot slash kfgames. All right, on to reader mail. Billy the Door says, Hello, some more DLC fighters are announced for Smash Ultimate. Personally love Smash, so that means I'll throw all the money I have for more fighters, but Smash is the only fighting game I play. Serial, as a fighting game expert. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the amount of fighters in Smash? Is there such a thing as too many fighters? I think, in the grand scheme of things, no. I I know where the question is coming from. Is like, a, I know that there is a problem in Smash of like there are like seventy something fighters in the, at yeah. this point. And growing. I th- yeah, I think it is at this point the largest fighting game roster in a game that isn't you know Mugen. I think uh, MVC two still beats it out, but probably it? won't at the next fighter. Yeah, pass. I think eventually Smash will have probably the largest roster of any fighting game. Uh, and I think for for a lot of competitive players, uh, it can be difficult to say, well, I don't know all of these matchups. But I think there, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it is a good thing to have more fighters because. I mean, even on, like, to start on, like, a, a competitive level, having those rare characters that you see every once in a while can be kind of exciting of, like, oh, you don't get to see, you know, for example, Duck Hunt much. But there was one person at Evo this year who got to top eight with Duck Hunt, and that was really exciting for the scene because it shows, like, hey, there's this whole other cast of characters. Um, and for a lot of competitive players, like, you learn to play against the ones, the, the biggest threats, right? Like, everyone knows how to play against Joker because Joker was seen for a long time as the best character in that game. Right. Um, one Evo. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, though it on a, like, if you're a casual player, just let the competitive people sort that out and say, like, hey, here are the characters that you, that you need to focus on here, are the characters you need to learn. And I get the idea that learning every character can be difficult if you're trying to, like, play at a high level. But I think for a lot of people, having those characters is sort of, like, it makes it easier to buy in and can grow the scene of, of like, hey, I, like, Duck Hunt is a character I come back to because I love Duck Hunt as a character. Like, I wasn't a big Duck Hunt fan, like, of the game, but I like that he's in it. And he, I stuck around with Smash 4 and Ultimate more because he was in it, even though he's not, like, a like a standard character. Um, so I think that there are problems with having a larger roster, but I think they are worth it overall because it, it expands the scope of the game in a way that makes it more interesting in that, you know, maybe years from now we have a completely different set of characters who are dominating the meta and that makes it more interesting yeah. uh, versus like something like Melee who the, the I mean, they're not patching it, which is another issue, which is like why that game has the same like five characters in every uh, top eight basically. So I think it is... It is a good problem to have, I think, to have that many characters. Yeah, as a somewhat casual observer, I like f- watching fighting games, but I don't ever play competitively. Mm. 
it is so boring to me when I watch an Evo and it's the same characters over and over again at the top four. Yeah, I think I think having too many characters to to choose from and to have to compete against, I think is preferable in a lot of ways into having the same set, even if that can make it feel more comfortable in the long term of like, OK, if I'm playing Street Fighter three third strike, I know that I need to fight against Chun Li. And if I have if I if I know that matchup, I'm I'm pretty good and i can like think about a few of the other characters next um so i think it's a good overall like i said it's a good yeah. problem to have I like think. the most exciting like evo top eight for me ever was that time elena was just released mm-hmm. or had just been released the previous year and like that who was it who was playing her they kept like might using the heel might have been justin might have been Juan. okay but like it was that was a like, such an exciting yeah. Because he he knew how to play her super well, right? And that's like that that is one hundred percent like the the flip side of that is that everyone hated Elena because yes. she was such a lame character because she could heal and win matches just based on attrition. But like you said, it's like as a casual observer seeing a new character who yeah. could do a new thing that was interesting and cool. I think was exciting for a lot of people and made the the spectator side of it or like the which is part of the scene in a lot of ways, right? Because I think spectators contribute as much, if not more, at this point to to a scene's growth in terms of monetary value. Um, that can be a good problem to have for sure. All right. All right. Lewis asked, how do you go about covering a game conference? For example, yesterday, Nintendo direct, I chose this because we're recently, we used to do this differently. Mm-hmm. And like now I think this is a, actually an introspective moment for us. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, right now it's like not applicable. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it. Uh, but when we, when I was a game informer, it was definitely one of those, uh, especially like E3 was like a kind of like a, a fun crucible in a lot of ways where, mm-hmm. You would get uh, news in, and there would we'd have like a person who was scrubbing all the screenshots and the trailers, and basically getting assets. We had a number of people covering like we we had like separate Slack channels for live streams, and we would say like, okay, we we have like a pit boss, and sometimes it'd be you and Ronnie, sometimes it would be like another senior editor, and it'd be like, hey, this thing is coming up, we're seeing this trailer, like you you go write this up, right? And so we'd have like multiple writers working on stories over the course of like a conference, which made it hectic. But at the time, like once those ca- conferences wrapped up. Like we all kind of felt better. Like, yeah, we, we crushed it. Like we, we covered all these stories. Those things are all up on time. Uh, and we felt pretty good about having, having worked those. Yeah, it was, it was E3 was an interesting thing. Cause like we would be in coffee shops scattered around LA because mm-hmm. we had all not, not all met up yet, like writing up news. I remember the specific times where like we were covering the e- Ubisoft conference and I was, I plugged my laptop in and I was like, writing stuff up and I realized, oh, I'm out of battery. So I had to write up, like, I'm, I'm out of the mix right now. Like, my laptop's about to die. Mm-hmm. I need to find anything. Then JV messages me and says, oh, yeah, we were there yesterday and Kyle Hilliard broke the outlet. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I do, actually. Yeah. He did break the outlet. So, like, apparently I just happened to get the terrible luck of sitting in the same booth you guys did and you guys had fucking broken the thing. That I, I didn't do it. Kyle did it. Yeah, okay. To be clear. Kyle Hilliard broke it. Which you can find him on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Kyle Impersonator. Impersonator. Yeah. Every morning at 11 Central, which is like 9 a.m. Pacific. He's doing a really good Let's Play of Metal Gear Solid Ghost. Yeah, I've I've watched it. It's fun. It's a fantastic game. Uh, Let's see. Knife for Squad Up. Alec Bobco with PSN ALBOB875. AlBob875. He said, I'm looking to add more KFBFs to my friends list and hopefully Squad Up with the people for Borderlands 3, which comes out super soon, actually. I game mostly in the evenings and weekends and I'm in Eastern time. So if you guys want to play Borderlands 3 with someone, you're looking for, and play that game co-op. Don't play Borderlands single player. What are you doing? Play it with somebody. Uh, talk to Alec Bobco. Alright, let's head up to your wrong. Let's see what we've gotten wrong. Uh, apparently, I missed a deal of the day. Baba Is You is $11.99 on Steam today. Baba mm. Is You is a fantastic yeah, puzzle game that will make you feel super dumb. You, yeah. will, you will love it and you will hate it. And it's like, I, I, that game came out the same time as Sekiro. 
And yeah. I had never felt dumber and worse at video games. <laughs> yeah, between Sekiro and, and Baba Aziz, that, that was definitely the real hardcore gamer hours for a while. <laughs> uh, gamer B was the Elena player. That would make, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I probably would not have cheered as much for Justin yeah. Wong. Cause, just because he's in so many finals, and like I like cheering for underdogs. Uh, Tifu is pronounced Tifu. Tifu? Okay. Dr. Disrespect was not banned. He was suspended. Okay, mm. fair enough. That, that's more or less a temp ban. If you can't mm. log on to your Twitch thing and do streams, like, I consider that a ban. Overwatch runs smoothly at 30 FPS, wrote Ferris on Twitter. Outputs of 900p docked to 720p. Un- that's that's surprising. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is that it? Did we mention it not running well? well no, it just I expected it wouldn't run that okay. well. Okay, okay. It's, it's pretty cool that it is. Yeah. Uh, Golden Sun has been represented in Smash Ultimate. Yeah, with the trophy. Not, that's true. Not... I mean, it doesn't have to be Isaac, I guess. You know, it doesn't have to be, but, but it if, be. if it's going to be a golden. If it's not Isaac, it should be Felix. Yeah. Like it should be one of those. Jedi Academy is coming out in 2020. Oh, then I wrote the wrong date. Okay, sorry about that. So yeah, Jedi Academy is next year. Uh, that looks like it. We got surprisingly little wrong. Yeah, thank you. Hell yeah! All right, for the rest of the week. Later today, JV, Surio, and I are recording Gamescast. I have not planned this out at all. It's going to be a shit show. It'll be fun, though. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're here mostly to talk. We're going to... If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can watch it live. If you're not, you should be. What are you doing? Like, watch it. You can, you can listen to it next week, but by that point, everyone's going to be done talking to it. You're, it's not going to be yeah. co- as cool anymore. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's but it's gonna be such a beautiful disaster. Yeah, you should really watch us. Yeah, right we're gonna now. have a pre-show last week. I think the pre-show, Greg and I talked about uh, preview events and named some names we probably shouldn't have. But that's lost to time now. So <laughs> if you didn't see it live, <laughs> you'll never know those names. I always think of that crust. Oh, is it? It's archived. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> okay, those then, names are still named. Then no one from Bandai Namco or Ubisoft watched that show. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, like, uh, tomorrow, me and JV are hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily as well. So, send in questions for that. Let us know. I think it's probably going to be a more introspective one. But we'll talk about it. We'll see. Until next time, shake hands. <laughs>